Mic check. Mic check one two. Mic check one two one two. <laughs> Welcome to Sword Dad Pool. Whip on my Kindle, I'm ready for a break. I start to water cause the words are a mace. Iris burning up, no blue light filter. Dizzy all of a sudden, my balance off kilter. I just bought a bunny and I named him Regret. Tummy can't handle Swiss, so I feed him the cheddar. News just in. Rami's not cool, so I ate the newspaper. Ink bled through my stool. Tripped onto paper, formed into questions. Poisoned veins and prevented erections. Made a weird joke, my friends don't get it. Some in the scapegoats, they're the ones that said it. Working on the subway laptop, ate my soul. Cloud ate my data. Story tag Story tag pole, story tag pole, story tag pole. Welcome to Story Tadpole. It has been a little while since the last episode, and this week's story is kind of a light one. It's, um, well, I'll just read it. It's called Daniel Riffin's Dinner Party. forest somewhere, Riffin Woods it was called, that was very small. It was only about three miles long and a mile wide. In the forest was a house, Riffin House it was called, that was of medium size. It sat dead in the center of the forest, if not a little to the west. It was dropped there by an unforgiving hand. The hand must have been shaky, not a surgeon's hand, not careful or gentle, because there were edges where it should have been smooth, and it was smooth where there should have been edges. The single door that led into the house was a red oval. Daniel Riffin was the name of the man who built the house. He built it a very long time ago. Let me tell you a little bit about Daniel Riffin. He wore nothing, but on special occasions, if he had guests, he would wear a hand-knit undergarment that was made of very loose threads of yarn. His guests did not appreciate how loose this yarn was, how far apart each strand was from the next closest strand. Daniel had no tan line between his midriff and genital area. His guests noticed this and were not pleased. They were displeased not because there was no tan line, but because they were looking at the precarious area where there should have been one. They didn't like looking there, but felt compelled. Despite the obvious discomfort that plagued Daniel's guests, he enjoyed their company. He would hand them drinks, either water that tasted like moss or a homemade alcoholic beverage made from a fermented mixture of carrot starch and spit. Daniel didn't tell his guests what this drink was made of, and he didn't tell his guests that it wasn't the moss that made the moss-flavored water moss-flavored. He didn't have a job, so the dinner at his dinner parties was very meager. Daniel was very thin because of this. He often ate things that he found. On good days, his dinner table would be graced with things that looked like they might have once been edible but now weren't, as opposed to things that had never been and will never be edible. Most days were not good days. One of Daniel's regular guests described his meal as follows. What did we eat? It was awful, really. I mean, the first course was just a stick. That's it. We would sit around the table in silence while Daniel dug in. I'm not really sure how one can dig in to a stick, but that fellow found a way. 
He often looked up, and noticing that no one else had touched his or her stick, he would give an innocent smile, silently motioning the rest of us to have at it. No one would speak. After a short while, he would walk around and clear the plates, each one with the same amount of stick that had been there at the beginning. Daniel would then go into the kitchen for a long time. We were all very curious as to what was going on in that kitchen. We heard noises, clanking noises and buffing noises, swiffing noises and popping noises. One of the other guests who was there with me that night, a fancy woman with a large purple hat, said, What is he doing in there? And I said, He's preparing the next course. The next course was nothing. It was an empty plate. The lady said, Daniel, what were you doing in there? And Daniel just chuckled silently and motioned toward the empty plate that held her meal. I looked around the table, which was dark brown and had many cracks with dead twigs and dirty bazooka gum wrappers stuck in them, and saw that everyone else was looking around the table, except, of course, Daniel, who was digging in. There was a loud clinking as his knife and fork banged against the empty porcelain plate in front of him. How did he come to own porcelain plates? I have no idea, but it doesn't surprise me. He was just that sort of fellow, the type that could procure things. Except real food. Daniel, that fancy lady said, What are you doing? There is nothing on that plate. And Daniel just smiled and shook his head and opened his mouth to laugh silently. Well, I just about had it with this place. I'd like to leave, sneered the lady. Daniel just smiled, laughed silently to the sky, flared his nostrils, and motioned for her to follow him. Lead me to the door, please, the lady said. Daniel nodded in understanding and led her to a door. He motioned for her to step inside. Excuse me, this isn't the front door. This is a closet, said the lady. Is there a door inside this closet that leads out of the house? Daniel smiled and laughed and nodded his head, all the while without making a sound. The lady walked into the closet, which did not lead outside, and Daniel shut the door, locked it with a key he procured from somewhere in his loose undergarment, and let out a huge booming laugh. <laughs> The third and final chorus was a jar. It was a jar of Daniel's famous homemade jam. And for the first time he spoke, Here is my homemade jam, and here is a square of toast for you to spread it on. We looked at the jar, and we looked at the toast. What we saw was not jam, and there was no toast. There was a jar, but it was filled with moss water, and instead of toast, we were served old squares of crumpled paper. After smiling around the room, Daniel opened his jar, spread the moss water on his paper, and dug in. for listening to this week's episode of Story Tadpole. My listeners, there may very well be very, very few of you. There may well be no more than one. But if you are that one person listening, 
Trust me when I say my hand is over my heart and I am thanking you, wishing you happiness and um, mostly, yeah, mostly just happiness is what I want to wish you. I would also like to give a huge thank you to Quentin Schaefer. He did all of the sound editing and music for uh, this episode. You can find his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Quentin Schaefer. That's Q-U-E-N-T-I-N-S-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. And he also has this awesome music video on YouTube that I will put a link for in the description for this episode. So thanks again. This was truly wonderful. Anyways, goodbye.